Broadcasting from the city of brotherly love, Philadelphia to around the globe. You're listening to Shark Bite Biz, your exclusive place for business strategy, sales, marketing, and tech in the roaring 20s. And now, here's your host, David Strausser. You just arrived to the newest episode of Shark Bite Biz. I'm your glamorous host, David Strausser, and this is your place to learn how to grow a business during complete global chaos. Another episode and another conversation about SEO. First, though, remember, if you're watching us on YouTube, you can join the channel for only $3 a month. You can become a baby shark. But if giving money through big tech isn't your thing, don't worry. We got you covered. Head on over to deadhousecoffee.com, okay? Now, you're going to use code SHARK. You're going to get 20% off of your order, but what we're going to give you, we're going to give you some of the freshest coffee on the planet. I'm telling you, once you order this coffee, it is roasted, sealed, and shipped within a 24-hour period. Plus, did I mention it's zombie-themed? Can't get better than that. Remember, use code SHARK. You get 20% off deadhousecoffee.com. All the proceeds, whether you're being a baby shark for $3 a month on YouTube or you're getting coffee at deadhousecoffee.com, all of those proceeds directly help us becoming the biggest, the best, the absolute most beautifulest business podcast out there on planet Earth. Now, let's get back to today's show. You know, I've got a fun Russian coming onto the show today. And I've got to specify that with fun Russian <laughs> because, you know, Russia, 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 you know where I'm coming from. If uh, you've even had an inkling of American news media politics over the last four or five, six years, uh, it's just been negative about Russia, Russia, Russia. Well, we're going to change that today. We got a fun Russian coming on the show who just happens to have an amazing career and extremely knowledgeable. He's been working hand-to-hand very deep with many of Asia's largest tech firms over the past decade. And right now, specializes in SEO. Overall, it's just a fun interview. I, I personally, you, you all know this, I love following the career of somebody, kind of getting to know them, and then hearing how that expertise kind of leads up to what they do today. And we're going to get some solid SEO tips today. So who is today's guest? None other than Alex Zuev. Originally from Siberia, Russia, Alex built his first website in 2000. Since then, he's helped others develop their SEO and digital marketing strategies around the world. Alex escaped from the Siberian cold in 2013 and had a chance to work and live in China or Alibaba in the U.S. and now in Vietnam, where he leads the SEO team at Ardor SEO to help predictably grow their client's business. So, hey, I'm going to shut up. Let's bring our buddy Alex, our friendly Russian friend, Alex. Let's bring him right on in here. Reach your customer. Alex, welcome to Shark 
by Biz. You, my friend, you just became Shark Bake. Hey, David. Uh, thanks for having me on your podcast. I'm really happy to be here, and I hope I can share something interesting with your audience. Oh, trust me, I definitely think you will. First, you know, very first question, um, we ask every single person this. It's a tradition on the show. What is your experience? What's your background? Where have you been? I mean, I'm looking over your bio here. I see Southeast Asia, Vietnam. I see Russia. I see China, I see Alibaba, New York, United States. I I see a, a lot. Come, come on, why don't you tell us in a nutshell, what makes Alex, Alex? Well, it's a complicated question. Actually, I think it's it's experience for sure. It's my, um, it's the opportunity I got to uh, not just live all my life in one place, but travel around the world and see other places and meet really interesting people. And well, I was happy to travel around. I visited more than probably 2,500 countries for the last five years. And I lived in, in four countries in, except Russia, where I was born. Actually, I was mm -hmm. born in Hungary, but it, <laughs> it, I don't remember that. So anyway... Probably my experience, my my day, and my my pe uh, people around me, my environment, and my wife, of course. Yeah, that that's that's great. <laughs> so you're working for Ardor SEO and um, Ardor SEO. Uh, they're no stranger to the show. We've had Chris Reed, who is uh, <laughs> I guess he's co-founder or he's the founder he's and founder. president, right? Yep, yep, yeah. he's the founder. He he's been on the show previously, I think, back in uh, the end of maybe season one or early season two. I forget. It's starting to become a blur. We've done so many episodes now. But how did you find yourself working for Ardor SEO? You know, I always answer like that. So I really like, I worked in, in really big companies like Alibaba with probably, I don't know, only in our department, it was around 10,000 people uh, in our part in, in Guangzhou, where I work. And oh, but 10,000 people at Alibaba? No. It's just never would have guessed. Just for one, <laughs> right. One That's brand. crazy. Yeah. And they don't think it's a big company. They think like 100, 100 200 people, is, it's just a startup. Yeah. As I said, like I, even I work in big companies, I always like, I, I love working in small companies because I uh, I have more opportunities. I have more responsibilities. Less bureaucracy. And I said, yeah, exactly. And like, you know, in China, I spent like three to six months to get access to the development team to, to ask them to improve something because we work on the um, software. So I try to improve that. I try to push them to do it faster. But I- Was it hard? It because- it, bureaucracy is huge. Like you, but was it but culturally yeah. speaking, though? Okay, I, I've got to ask this question. Um, was it hard trying to push some of that stuff though through because of the fact yeah. that you're Russian slash Hungarian? You you weren't <laughs> Chinese. I mean, I've heard a lot of. I, I've worked for a Korean slash Japanese company. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, in the the past and 
there was because of the fact that you weren't Korean, you weren't Japanese, you know, you weren't like uh, and I'm not talking about being Korean or Japanese in the, the U.S. Like they all treated me uh, yeah, extremely well in the U.S. But when I called the Korean home office or I called the Jap- Japanese home office, it was like, you know, you're not on that same level as my counterparts in the office. You were treated like subculture and my understanding is is that over in china there is a lot of that subculture if you're you're not um chinese specifically did that make it harder for you working for a company at Mm. alibaba yeah for sure for sure that was one of the biggest problems so you would say that it is true it's not just a rumor that that there is some truth to that okay it was really okay. difficult to go through the uh, to become a manager. It's almost almost impossible. They Being non-Chinese a, in yeah. a place like Alibaba, I, I thought I I just had to kind of ask that. And you have that cultural difference going against you, as well as you also have the bureaucracy. I mean, your department alone, you said, was ten thousand people. You know. So trying to get something done, like you're saying, it takes three to six months. And yeah. there's just a point you get tired of it. And it looks like you found yourself eventually in um, in Vietnam right now. And <laughs> That's been a long journey. Actually, I, I, I worked for Alibaba for almost three years. And well, wow. we changed a lot. I just moved to another department and nobody uh, probably, I don't know, mentoring or guiding this department we were kind of startup inside the big company so we have a lot of uh, responsibilities by ourselves we can do a lot of by, by ourselves so um, that's cool. actually uh, after china, after uh, china i moved to uh, to the philippines for a while just to take some rest because it's crazy uh, i work we have officially not in Alibaba, but uh, in a different country, in another co- uh, company. Uh, we had officially twelve hours working day, six days per week. So it's like yes, yes, from yes. Monday doesn't to Saturday, what, including. What, what, what's the name of that? That that policy for for China. I don't know the name of the policy. Because you're you're, you're just talking about specifically in China, where you would work six days a week, like twelve hours a day. I'm talking about specific companies. They have this rule because they, they were yeah. thinking they, they are a startup, so they can do that. Okay. And even then, uh, after you work like for 12 hours, you you know the KPI part of your KPI will be like how your managers think about you and if you're trying hard. But trying hard in terms of managers' eyes looks like if you are not uh, staying later, then you're not trying hard. So you have to mm-hmm. work 12 hours plus you have to stay later and then you're working hard. And then that's why a lot of people just uh, saying company has an, an apartment, rent a, a rented apartment near the office. So everyone who late can go and sleep there and then come back to work. <laughs> so it's- that is that is crazy. And where was what country again, just to make sure I'm following you? Was that was that in China, China again or is that in China? Some, so that's China. why you went to the Philippines that's, to kind of yeah, get a uh, uh, break. And did you find any relief in the Philippines? I mean, was it different? I I did. It was really exciting, but I understand that I can't stay in this environment for long for a long time because I'm not growing. I'm not in, uh, 
I, I don't know, I'm not learning anything. And I, I decided to move to US, to the US, where I stayed for almost a year uh, doing SEO. <laughs> Is that when you went to New York? And after that, we came back to Russia. And then after, yeah, we came back to to the to Vietnam, to Saigon. Oh, wow. Wow. So you ended up kind of going full circle there. <laughs> but the whole time, though, I mean, you've been pretty much working in tech for companies, essentially, it seems, around the globe. Yeah. Well, I started. Uh, my major is in IT, so uh, yeah. I I built my own my first website in two thousand. Uh, so maybe nineteen ninety nine, uh, and uh, since then, HTML I mean, and JavaScript. What else I can, exactly? No JavaScript those days. Just HTML. <laughs> oh, 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 oh! No, I see. That's the thing. I remember. Maybe I don't know. Maybe it wasn't. Maybe I have my time frames mixed up. But I remember. In late 90s, I would have what was called the web TV. And what we would have to do would be a lot of stuff that was off of uh, HTML, but also JavaScript too. Maybe it was because I was on a web TV environment. We were using JavaScript at that time. There was a lot of crazy like hacks you could do, for example, because of how this was. Do you know what web TV was? Not really. No, we didn't. Okay, have it. so computers were super expensive back then. Uh -huh. So someone, a really smart company, was like, "Hey, let's make a think of like a video game console that would look like uh, maybe they're not even that. Like think of the box that you would have for your TV. It would be uh -huh. there's a couple different versions. It could be this big, this thick, like this wide. Okay, like mm -hmm. a, a mm -hmm. box like that. Or there was a pro version eventually that was this big. Okay." And what it was, was basically a standalone computer that you really couldn't do anything on <laughs> except, except browse the web and do emails. But for people back then to be able like, hey, I can't afford $2,000 for a computer, you know, oh my <laughs> God, paying uh, American online for internet access was crazy expensive. Um, so that was something where it was like, okay, well, you pay $200 or $300 for a web TV, and you're essentially, you're not getting a computer, but you're getting mm -hmm, a box mm -hmm. that has a browser built in. Mm -hmm. uh, and then, you know, from there, you're able to view most websites and write emails. And it was, um, it, it was pretty, pretty amazing. I mean, I, I would like to say that was probably my first um, computer and because of the fact that it was so limited it, it's what got me into tech because doing things that would be straightforward on a computer you couldn't do on web tv so you'd have to find workarounds or do this or do that and and then you know you you could find security vulnerabilities like for example I sent an email to one of my buddies, uh, God bless his soul, uh, you know, he's not with us anymore. But when I sent him the email, all he didn't even have to open it. All he did was highlight the message, okay? And bam, it changed his password. It changed the name on his account. It changed oh. the billing credit card info. And then it powered off his unit. So then when he goes to turn it back on, 
Okay, he can't log in because it changed the password. Okay, no problem. He's got to call Web TV. He calls Web TV. He's trying to uh, um, be like, hey, uh, I opened up this email and basically reset my password. I need you to reset my password. And they're (laughs) like, okay, no problem. Can you confirm the name on the account? And he's given his name and no. It, it it wasn't his name. It was under David Strausser. <laughs> and then he's like, BS, tell me then how David Strausser pays because this is my credit card that you're paying for. And I did that. And you were able to do that just through just through email. Like it was insane. Wow. It gave me my experience into the tech world. And that's how I learned everything because it, I don't know, it's always been harder for me because I never had a full computer, but it actually worked out because it taught me a lot of stuff that was really laid the foundation for my technological life. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I can't imagine. We didn't have that, but yeah, it was, it was pretty interesting. I, you, uh, I don't know if you remember, but in 1993, when I got my first computer, it has a cassette uh, speaker. So you have to load your computer using some screaming voice, screaming noise there and just loading MS-DOS or uh, I don't know, Norton commander. and no, no memory, no uh, RAM or HDD there. So you have to switch oh, yeah. uh, discats, like five-inch discats. Oh, happy days! Wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> let's let's uh, jump into Arter SEO. I mean, we we really established your your personal identity, your trip um, around <laughs> the world. Uh, all the various tech, uh, ex, you know, experiences you've had. I mean, obviously, I think anybody out there watching or listening to this show knows, you know what you're talking about. So <laughs> what do you do for Ardor SEO? It says that you're the SEO director, okay? Now, That's SEO director means... Um, you know, search engine optimization. I've got to ask you because I've had 50 people on this show. And if you ask each person, what does SEO mean to you? (laughs) Each person is going to tell you another answer. What do you think? What what is SEO to you? First of all, we probably need to explain if somebody doesn't know that SEO is search engine optimization and is what we do for Google to like our website is in two words. But for us in order is this is the system and we have the system that help us to uh, get our messages or get our client messages in front of their ideal customers to predictable growth their business. So it's what we do is some kind of process that we do over and over again. And our clients grow every day. They grow every day? Every single day, seven <laughs> days a week? Well, of course. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm not speaking literally. <laughs> no, I, I, I just had to uh, poke fun at that because of, uh, because of how you said it. But, I mean, with organic SEO would be where you're trying to get organically number one uh listing on uh google 
It does, it does for sure. But at the same time, when he stopped doing that, he will not get any clients anymore, right? So that's why right. I will prefer SEO because it's a long-term strategy. And when you get there, you just spend much less than in the beginning and much less than you pay for PPC campaign to be on the same level. Right, right, right. So basically, I mean, I guess one of the problems that SEO is meant to solve is to be able to help you get customers to grow your business at a fraction of the cost over time than what it would cost by doing something like pay-per-click advertising. Is that accurate? Definitely, definitely. So they can pay because there is like there is that there is to be clear, there is that initial investment. It's like, hey, this isn't gonna happen for free. You are going to have to spend money, time, energy, whatever it may be in your situation to get it set up, to get it configured, to maintain it. But over time, that cost should go down. Whereas pay-per-click yeah. is either going to stay flat, it's always gonna cost you money, or it's going to increase if it gets more competitive. Is that yeah. accurate? That's yeah, that's true. Why don't you explain to us kind of how those <laughs> two compare? Um, so, uh, well, first of all, as you explained, uh, you just, uh, if you if you pay, like, let's imagine if you pay $5,000 every month and then uh, mm -hmm. over the year you will spend 50000 you can invest this time and money uh, into SEO and then over a year you will get probably as the same results, maybe even more. And then you will, you can stop investing this amount. You can decrease it. You can keep on the same level and continue growing, but you will not do the same as you did before uh, because you already achieved, like say first uh, first page of Google. You will get, right. uh, you will get clients for a long time. And I know a lot of websites who stay on the same uh, on the same page or on the first page for years and they don't pay anything. So yeah, I was on, I was on the first page for many, many years of Google for David Strasser. I owned it and it's mostly because I own David I've been on the web since the nineties, like we said. Um, and then all of a sudden I started getting pushed to second, third page. And it's because Google decided, no, there's a Dr. David Strasser. <laughs> He's worth more than you. And they started giving him more organic SEO. You know what Dr. David Strasser didn't do? Nope. Dr. David Strasser didn't buy drdavidstrasser.com. <laughs> I have drdavidstrasser.com now. And that was a <laughs> so uh, I've had to one up him um, and get very creative on how do I take my organic SEO back so that when you search for David Strasser, I'm the one that you find. Now, I've also have done things. I mean, I write for Forbes. I do a podcast. So over time now, all these things and being associated with a lot of, um, you know, good, solid business names, I think I have finally overtaken him. Uh, unless you specifically search for Dr. David Strasser. But one day I might be a doctor. Who knows? I mean, I might go for a doctorate <laughs> in business, right? And it's not just about, the, as you said, it's not just about the traffic. It's not just about conversion. It's also about branding. Uh, since you uh, have uh, a known brand, 
everybody knows mm -hmm. you and you probably don't need the website anymore. Yeah, yeah. No, no, I do definitely need the website. But I mean, traffic <laughs> is is down. I, the, the website itself, it, um, you know, it's not like I get a, a thousand or a couple thousand views a month. I mean, I, I would say a thousand views is probably a good month, but I, I do something very niche, you know, I, I help small businesses and um, you know, I'm only going to reach a certain amount of people with what I do. So one of the questions I want to ask you, you know, I really want to lean into your expertise, Alex, is about, uh, you know, what about keeping up the date? Like as far as what are some of the more effective SEO techniques out there, how can customers really optimize their SEO to make sure that it still works in 2021? <laughs> That's a tricky question. It's not just oh well, yeah. I can, uh, it's not just one thing that you can do, and you will get number one on on Google. There are so many mm -hmm. people that work work on their website, and then try they are trying to achieve this number, this page, every day, and trying over and over, buying thousand, uh, hundred thousand of links. So it's a number, um, maybe a lot of uh, processes, a lot of techniques that you can use. Definitely one of the biggest one in 2021, I would say it's still backlinks, but also Google started paying attention more and more and they had a really, a recent update about Web Vitals. So it's really important to have your website uh, fast and perform. Uh, so and mobile first has become very important as yeah. well too, because I mean, mobile first isn't going to necessarily help you with your SEO per se. Okay, like, but it's going to help you with the Google algorithm because especially if your people are on a mobile device, you know, it, it's going to boost you in those search results, correct? Yeah, the problem is that people who work in SEO uh, area or even just have, they have a website, they don't care about mobile version, but Google changed mobile first long time ago. Uh, and the you need to pay attention on the mobile for, uh, and just... Uh, focus on that first and then everything else. Uh, not everyone still do that. And well, um, I work on different uh, search engines like Google and Yandex, for example, one of the big, uh, the biggest search engine in Russia. And I work in uh, Baidu, for example, in China, the biggest search engine in, uh, there. Yep. And there are still, for example, Yandex, um, they, for a long time, uh, it was a desktop first, and mm -hmm. probably now I didn't do it for a long time for Yandex, but um, still you can get used to it and the old techniques uh, doesn't work. So you have to update your knowledge over uh, and over. You have to keep your knowledges up to date and um, read a lot of books, watch a lot of videos and talk yeah. to other experts in your niche. Right, right. No, totally. 100% totally agree because really education and figuring out how it works. I mean, the thing is, is that Google, even if it's Facebook with their algorithm on what people see on 
their timelines. I mean, it's constantly being tweaked. And that's another question I've been wanting to ask an SEO expert as far as, I mean, everybody's always talking SEO. Okay, Google, 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 Google. But shouldn't SEO in 2021 also cover your your organic presence on a place like Facebook as far as when you post on Facebook, making sure that your potential customers are going to see what you, you, you say because they only give it out to a fraction of the people that actually like your content. So based upon that, I mean... Shouldn't that be included in the the general SEO conversation as a whole? You know, uh, right now Google pay atten- pays attention a lot on the authority of the website and authority of the person who are behind <laughs> that website. If that's a personal blog or something else, so right. probably a few years ago they implemented an algorithm or uh, did an update where the you need to. Uh, prove that you have the right to speak about some kind of topic. That's probably why if you check um, something um, about medical, uh, some kind of drugs, or I don't know, some pro- uh, something related to that, then you will find mostly high authority websites. So talking about that, uh, about your question, I think um, nowadays, like 2021, you should be everywhere. If you want to cover um, the authority, if you want to um, be a brand, you need to tell Google as well, because Google is the biggest uh, search engine system, right? So you need to prove that you have rights. And a lot of people follow you. You have some, I don't know, diplomas, certificates, uh, whatever. So, and you, I don't imagine uh, SEO. Uh, without uh, other uh, sources, without uh, Facebook, without LinkedIn, without anything, because it's it's also backlinks. It's also uh, in terms backlinks, of backlinks, validations. Backlinks. Exactly, authority. Why don't you explain <clears throat> to some of our um, some of our guests out there, like what exactly is a backlink, okay? And why are backlinks important? Backlink is the um, the link on the on the website, on the third-party website. Let's say um, you talk to me uh, and uh, now you're gonna uh, give me a backlink on your website. You will post something that's related to my website and you can add the link. Oh, if you have any questions, you can ask Alex about that and you will put, my website link there, this will be the backlink. I will get benefit from it. I will get link juice from your website. I will get probably clicks from your website. And Google will uh, understand that I, I have authority in this area. I have expertise and it will start ranking me higher. Okay. Okay. So if like, I guess at Art or SEO, you guys do have a system though in place how important is having a system a a a system for success for your your client something that is a repeatable solution that you know can 
not guarantee success, but give you high probability of success? Well, um, I can say that um, when we, <clears throat> we have a lot of um, experts in our company who work for, uh, for a long time in SEO, uh, who has 10 plus, I don't know, 15 uh, plus years of experience. And um, <clears throat> when you have this, uh, with so many years of experience, you saw so many websites, you know, what exactly can help this exact website to grow? What can uh, what can you do to um, help them succeed? To 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 do for them so they can grow. And usually we pre we build this kind of strategy for every client at the beginning when we start working with them to explain them where their easy wins or where the opportunities that they probably didn't see. And, and we are according to uh, our experience, using our experience, we can show them. And Your experience system, for opportunities that they probably didn't see. I mean, that that is that's important. That's that's critical. <laughs> I mean, that that is, I think, something of value that goes over overlooked to where i mean when you hire a company like art or or any type of marketing agency or a marketing person i mean you're looking for somebody that can bring that experience to the table stuff that you're overlooking because oftentimes many companies have value um you know that is I guess you could say it's hidden value, value that's there that they could be taken advantage of that they're not taking advantage of. Um, and they need an expert like you, for example, to kind of bring that to light. Most of the companies, they, they are not experts. And uh, we <clears throat> always uh, prefer let the company do their own business. We always say them, you, you can do your business. Let us do what we are the best. Uh, we, we can do the best, and they will grow their own business. We will help them to get traffic. We'll get we'll help them to get, to get conversions. That's what we do. <clears throat> and when you work with so many clients, when you work with so many different niches, you you know what works in this way or another. It doesn't matter. Like if you promote the dog products or you work on real estate website. Right, 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 right. So uh, I guess last question, what would you say is the top thing that every website needs? What's a top thing that they're missing and may not even realize it? Well, uh, personally, I'm an IT geek. So I probably, I mean, I spend hours and hours uh, developing something. Uh, so I would, from my perspective, I would probably say that nobody cares about technical part, but it's not, it's not gonna be right because it's, it's just one side of the coin. Um, so usually um, they business, uh, most of businesses, they cannot explain what they offer to their clients. They don't, uh, they can't um, create the <clears throat> clear explanation there. Usually, you know, one of the great books of 
uh, a good, really good marketer, Donald Miller, it's called StoryBrand or uh, Marketing Made Simple, the second one. It's really uh, explains a lot about that, about problem, solution, and what's the result after uh, the life after that. So most of the clients, they just don't uh, know what their client solution and they make their own um, a hero in this story, but you should uh, make your client the hero. So you should tell, nobody cares about your own business. You can explain about like how many years you work, how many stuff you have. But if you explain them what their problem, what, what solution you have for them, that's uh, the most important part. And as far as I know, as many clients we've got, like not uh, a lot of them know how to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think one of the big things that I got out of that was brand stories. Brand stories are big, especially if you're a small company, a mom and pop company, being able to tell that origin story, how you started or whatever it may be, has a lot of value to help you grow even further. And it has a lot of good SEO value as well, too. Plus, it just gives people the warm and fuzzies. People <laughs> like the warm and fuzzies, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just let it at that right that's it interview <laughs> over so i gotta ask you alex hey this has been fun thank you so much for coming on the show and uh you know giving us a look inside your career your personal life your travel your experience your expertise everything this has been amazing how can people reach out to you and how can they contact Ardor? Thank you so much, David. I really enjoyed it. And if somebody wants to talk to me and ask any questions, they, they can do it on Facebook. Uh, uh, just type Alex Zuf and, uh, or uh, Alexander Zuf, probably my full name, um, and they will find it. Oh, perfect, perfect, perfect. And uh, we'll have a link down there to Ardor SEO as well, too, down in the description below. Alex, thank you so much for coming on. This has been a blast. I hope you uh, you enjoyed becoming checkmate. Thank you so much, David. Yeah. Thank you yeah, so much. No problem. Cheers. <laughs> Bye. Wow, that was such a fun chat with our new best friend from Russia, Alex Wright. First, you all know the routine. If you found this interview helpful, if it sparked those warm and fuzzies, do me a favor, hit that like button, smash that subscribe button. But if you really want to help us out, please, 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 please share this out to your network. Sharkbite Biz is the best kept secret out there in the world of small business. Help your friends, your colleagues, your coworkers, your family. Help your doctor. Yeah. Your doctor help your doctor discover shark bite biz because that's how awesome we are and i would love to see nothing more than our friend alex arter seo shark bite biz and heck even me out there trending for good reasons though good reasons though remember we want to trend for good reasons not bad reasons okay help us out share us out let's keep building upon this amazing show now let's get back to alex you know a rock star guest so I love talking with him as we both have a love of travel and crazy. I always find that a lot of the guests that we get on the show, something as simple as travel is a commonality that we have. And it, it kind of gives us a common ground to be able to start a discussion from. And then, 
it goes deeper than that because with somebody like Alex, I mean, God, you may think that you work for a big company or even a large department, but imagine being a foreigner in a place like China, working for a company like Alibaba, where your department is over 10,000 employees. I mean, straight up, that is crazy. That's really where you lose individualization and really just become a number. I mean, you're just a cog in the machine at that point. That is insane having a department that is that large. And I guess, you know, maybe with some of these bigger companies, it's more common. I couldn't imagine that. I would not like that. It would drive me nuts. And I think that's probably where Alex and me align the most. I thrive working with mom and pop shops, okay? I love working with small corporations, medium corporations. Why? I get to be me. If I close a huge deal, all 500 employees at Vision 33, they're going to know. And it's really impossible to make that type of ripple at a place like Alibaba, where, again, you're just a number and a cog in the machine. You're not that individualized contributor that can make a difference. Like, your sale could be the difference between, you know, the company having year-over-year growth or not. I mean, you just don't have that at a place like Alibaba. And further, I think besides the personal choices of somebody like me that would make a difference at, you know, the companies at these size, I think that another common area where Alex and myself also see eye to eye is we like having clients that are the same size, just like the type of companies we like working for. Because those mom and pop small corporations, you know, just like with his job at Art or SEO, if he does a really good job, it's very for his clients to recognize that. It's easy for them to pat him and Art or SEO on the back like, hey, you know what, dudes? Job well done. The customer can recognize that. Now, let's flip that around. Let's say if Art or SEO and Alex were still working for Alibaba, okay? Oh, guess what? Whether it was good, whether it was bad, you know what Art or SEO would be? They would be minimized into a little cell on this giant spreadsheet, probably an Excel sheet, that's just one little data point out of like a million different data points, okay? That's how minimized you are when you start getting into those big, huge multinational companies. And for some people, they love it. They love the bureaucracy. They love the red tape. They love that they're part of a big machine. But people like Alex, people like myself, people like Art or SEO, we don't like that. We like making contributions. Again, whether it's to our employers or to our customers, we like making those contributions that can be recognized, that are easy to point out. You know, whether it's, again, Shark by Biz or my day job at Vision 33, I really love and I thrive what I do in my marketplace because I can get that recognition. I love it when I can get a pat on the back from one of my clients because they just went live, okay? Whereas that might not happen if I'm working in large, large enterprise space. I mean, you just don't get that recognition all the time. And 
people like me that do have egos and sometimes can be ego driven. That goes a long way. That's a that's a motivator to me. And I think it's a motivator to people like Arter, to people like Chris Reed, who's been on the show and to Alex as well, too. You can make a big difference as that individual contributor and really be noticed within your organization or the clients of your organization. And when it comes down to it, that's what drives me in the morning. I think that's what drives a lot of successful people in the morning. That's what drives a different tier of beast. What about you? And that's where I'm going to go with this question of the day. Do you want to just be another cog in the machine or do you want your success? Which also means, you know, the, the, the flip side of that is, yeah, your successes are highlighted, but your failures are also exposed to your employer, to your clients as well. Does that motivate you? Leave a comment down below on YouTube. I'd love to hear your answer to that question. That's a good question, I think. Do you want to be in the show? If so, shoot us an email, interviews at sharkbitebiz.com. We have some huge guests that are going to be coming on towards the end of quarter four. I got a nice rock band. I'm just going to dangle out there. Classic. Uh, everybody's going to laugh, but they're going to get tech and they have an amazing story to tell. I can't wait till this episode airs. Also, please don't forget, join, join the channel, become a baby shark. It's $3 a month. Okay. YouTube, just hit that little join button or head right on over deadhousecoffee.com use code shark at 20% off your order get the most precious coffee zombie themed coffee delivered to your doorstep in days 20% off code shark deadhousecoffee.com y'all know this by now but I'm David Strasser this is Shark Bite Biz we'll see you all next episode ciao Thank you for listening to Shark Bite Biz. We hope you got some insightful info from this podcast. Be sure to subscribe to us through your favorite podcast app and visit us on the web at www.sharkbitebiz.com. How has business changed for you in the 20s? Email us at podcast at sharkbitebiz.com so you can join us and share your story. Thank you.